What's up, EO hackers? Welcome to the CS Joseph podcast. I'm your host, CS Joseph. Today's question, how can an INTJ uh, be vainglorious or modest? How does that work from an octogram perspective? Good question. Love me some INTJ questions. We have a lot of members in the INTJ audience, or in the audience who are INTJs, so... And uh, we don't exactly get very many views on some of the more concrete types, like, for example, ESFJs, although it's nice to have each of the 16 types represented. But uh, in terms of uh, the people that are willing to spend money on uh, the Acolyte questions, they are the ones who end up getting priority to that end because it's these people who um, end up benefiting the most or at least really look to uh, systems like uh, Jungian analytical psychology and the four sides of the mind to assist them in their lives. Especially when you have an expert feeling trickster, and you are actually pretty unaware of uh, how a lot of things are happening. So yeah. Anyway, unaware of social interaction, and this system helps you uh, optimize your social interaction, which is actually really very much a good thing. Let's be straight. So anyway, uh, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty good uh, to have that, and uh, here we are. So. Vainglory versus modesty. This is talking about subconscious focus within the context of INTJs. And uh, something, a concept that we have talked about in the Ego Hacking Your Fear Masterclass, which if you don't have that masterclass, you should definitely get it. Offers.csjoseph.life forward slash EYF hyphen masterclass. Get that. But you have to own the course, and that course is at Ego Hacking by Text or Ego Hacking by Ego Hacking Your Fear.com. Wow. I'm just. Uh, Pretty bad at remembering my own URLs, apparently. So, don't mind me. So yeah, be that as it may. Push and pull energy, something that we've been talking about. Push and pull energy is like, okay, if you're pushing your deadly sin or living virtue onto other people, it's because you have an abundance in it of it in your life. If you're abundant with modesty, Maybe you've had to be modest uh, you know, as a child or modest where you are currently at in your life as an INTJ. You have an abundance of it. You push that under the pe- onto other people. You help people become more modest over time, which is, uh, which is pretty awesome. Very awesome. And then also the deadly sin, vainglory. Sometimes you're trying to increase your own vainglory or if you're pushing on other people, you're effectively glorifying others or trying to be around other people who are vainglorious and hoping that some of that uh, glory juju will rob off onto you so that you can increase your own uh, vainglory as well. Or you have an internalized perspective where it's like, hey, I need to earn my vainglory. I got to work hard to earn my vainglory. And I do that by helping other people become more modest or by being modest myself in certain situations so that I can have an opportunity to earn the right to be a vainglory, vainglorious, so, which is the deadly sin of the INTJ. And vainglory is kind of interesting. So like, let's talk about definitions real quick. Vainglory is this thing where it's like, hey, I'm an INTJ. I have the, uh, the status symbols of success. I got the Bugatti. I got the nice Armani suit. You know, I got the, I got the really neat Omega watch, etc. People will respect me more. People will revere me because I have these accolades of success. That's ultimately what vainglory basically is. Modesty is when an INTJ goes out of their life to do more uh, with less, basically. 
And the best example from history that I could provide about an INTJ doing this, for example, is uh, the Buddha. The Buddha was used to be known as uh, Prince Siddhartha. He was entirely vainglorious as a child. He basically was spoiled, had everything basically given to him. And uh, ultimately he became subconscious developed, unconscious focus before he became the Buddha, basically. And so yeah, he was a decay type. He was a decay energy and uh, that ended up basically being the motivation behind Prince Siddhartha's desire to become the Buddha and create his set of principles that led to the belief system known as Buddhism. And uh, a lot of people don't actually know this, but when you are psychoanalyzing a particular people, when you're psychoanalyzing a particular people throughout history, you start to see their nature, you start to see their octogram. But if you actually think about it, what Buddhism actually is fundamentally as a belief system, what it is, is basically an INTJ pushing modesty onto everyone. That is literally the core uh, fundamental behind, uh, behind the entire belief system. You know, and, and getting to a point of detachment, right? Being detached, detached from the accolades of success, being detached from the uh, Armani suit and the Bugatti, etc. Right, something that uh, my, my, uh, my INTJ X uh, could not figure out uh, for some reason as I continue to enjoy throwing her under the bus uh, because that's what she deserves. Uh, yes, I know I'm talking about her years later, but I don't care. She's such an easy target, so why not, right? She, brings, she brought it upon herself so she can get over herself. But she's always just a super easy example. And uh, then when you're unconscious focus, you know, trying so very hard to be as vainglorious as possible and gain as much vainglory as possible in your life and instead of actually trying to earn it, it's like, oh, you're literally a clone of Prince Siddhartha before he became the Buddha, which is not, you know, what I would recommend for INTJs at all. Remember, folks, that naturally people, like, unconscious focus is a temporary mind state, and the brain is trying to get people closer to subconscious focus, and in order for them to actually do that, wow, oh my god. Anyway, so, so yeah, Buddhism. Buddhism is basically fundamentally... It's fundamentally this thing where it's like, okay, hey, you know, while you, uh, it, it's about increasing and promoting the idea of the living virtue of the INTJ, which is modesty. Oftentimes throughout my coaching practice, I've actually encouraged some INTJs who have been struggling in their life to actually take on the belief system of Buddhism because it really helps engage their living virtue of modesty in that regard. There's also another INTJ in history who also did the same, and that's Miyamoto Musashi, uh, the greatest Japanese swordsman in history, won 61 uh, sword duels, was super mega successful, and then he, before he died, he wrote his principles for life, which are all based on modesty. The entire thing is based on the living virtue of modesty, and that is the principles of Dokudo. And I actually have adopted uh, the belief system or the principles of Dokudo, and I utilize that philosophy in my life on a daily basis. It was actually because of Dokudo, I was able to uh, get through the tragedy that was uh, my, my marriage to Railgun, basically. And uh, because the first principle is always accept everything just the way it is. And what that really does is it really helps fast track you through the five stages of grief and get you to acceptance as soon as possible. 
which is entirely necessary when you're facing down that crazy situation. And for those of you who know like the details about that situation, you know, you can kind of understand how like any man put in that position would actually be su subjected to an extreme amount of pain, right? Well, getting that level of, of acceptance and getting through the five stages of grief, it helps you manage your pain quickly so that you can move on and make better decisions throughout ultimately. And that's one of the biggest uh, examples of the, uh, of, you know, the benefits that you know, can come as a result of that. So yeah, that's what we're you know, trying to do on a, on a, you know, whenever possible when we're encouraging INTJs to become more modest and just to do more with less, which is the INTJ way. So oscillating between uh, unconscious focus and subconscious focus, literally you have to learn how to internalize your vainglory. You have to get to a point where it's like, hey, you know, mentally, it's like, I live a pretty modest life. I go out of my way to be as modest as possible, to do more with less, but every now and then I'm going to reward myself, right? Reward myself with being vainglorious. Okay, yeah, I'll buy myself a really nice watch, or maybe I will get myself an Audi R8, right? Or, uh, or a Lambo or something. But it's like the one really nice thing that they have, you know, that kind of a thing. That, that is a healthier form of vainglory. That's internalized vainglory. That's when you are uh, pulling vainglory. And then also it's nice when you're in relationships with people, friends or actual lovers as an INTJ, and there are people who give you rewards that actually apply directly to your vainglory. You know, maybe you have someone who buys you the Lambo in your life because they know how modest you are. And sometimes like, oh my God, you're like too modest. Like, let me do something really, really nice for you. And then that INTJ really, really loves that. Having that internalized uh, vainglory being enabled by people in their life, basically. So that's, that is, in general, how it works. You know, it's push or pull energy. You know, pull means that you are pulling your deadly sin or your living virtue from other people. Push means you are giving your deadly sin or your living virtue to other people. And that's how you determine the difference between subconscious focus versus unconscious focus. Subconscious focus being they have an abundance of modesty in their life and they're pushing their modesty on other people and helping other people become more modest. And that's basically the Buddha. He's subconscious focused, you know, after transforming from subconscious development, unconscious focus to subconscious development, subconscious focus with his octogram. And that's literally the transformation between Prince Siddhartha to the Buddha, basically. That's literally what that is. That's literally what's happening psychologically in his mind. And it's not that he arrived. That's not really what Nirvana is. Nirvana is just getting to that high level of acceptance and detachment. Detachment from things, detachment from material. There's even a biblical perspective about it. You know, it says, uh, it is written, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And it is also written where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, what is treasure in heaven? Is it jewels? Is it gold? Is it riches? These things? No, it, it has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Really, the treasure that is in the kingdom of heaven is actually people. And that's, that's, that's a really big deal. You know, it's a, it's a thing. It's a, in my opinion, that's one of the highest forms of self. And if they keep refusing to do that, well, their brain's going to throw life crises at them over and over and over until their brain finally learns the lessons that they need to learn to get them back into subconscious focus. Because unconscious focus is this temporary mindset. It's a survival mode. But subconscious focus is thrival, basically. 
And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get INTJs into thrival mode instead of survival mode, right? Survival mode basically looks like they are pushing vainglory onto other people. They only want to associate with people who are vainglorious or have glory, basically. And they like to become glory hogs to a point. And it's like they, and they, and these are the opulent INTJs, the INTJs who don't have, uh, who like are very materialistic, can be very shallow, basically. These are the unconscious focus, survival mode mind states, UDUF and SDUF uh, INTJ variants. So, but yeah, I think I've uh, hammered that question pretty well. So, thanks for watching and listening. Like and subscribe, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.